0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit ConcerningHim.com. Joshua chapter 6, and starting at verse 22. We're going to be reading through the end of the chapter and uh, talking about the final portion of the conquest of the city of Jericho. So verse 22, And Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the harlot's house and bring the woman and all she has out of there as you have sworn to her. So the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all she had, and they also brought out all her relatives and placed them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord, however, Rahab the harlot, and her father's household, and all she had, Joshua spared. And she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day, for she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundations. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. Again, we're looking at the city of Jericho. We've seen some of the archaeological evidence for the destruction of the city of Jericho. And I have not yet commented on the strategic importance of the city of Jericho. Jericho was a gateway city into the middle section of the land of Canaan. The Lord was doing this very strategically, allowing the people to cross over the Jordan to the north of the Dead Sea. And then start with the city of Jericho and work their way right into the center of the hill country, the heart of the land of Canaan. And the city of Jericho is the first city that they encounter. Jericho would have been a, an important city all the way back into uh, early and middle bronze periods, hundreds of years before the time when the Israelites came in to conquer it. It was an important city, first of all, because it was sort of the entryway into the land of Canaan from the east, uh, and if you're going and traveling From Mesopotamia, say, uh, down to Egypt or into Arabia, across the Fertile Crescent, you would come down on the eastern side of the Jordan River using what's commonly referred to as the Transjordanian Highway. There's a natural uh, path there through Jericho up into the mountains uh, in the central hill country. Jericho uh, would have been of strategic importance, having some uh, important interactions then with the Egyptians, with the Mesopotamians, with the Anatolians, being very close to this Transjordanian highway. It would have been an important city. It would have been a significant city, a city that had some power. The king of Jericho would have had some importance and some influence. And we see this in the following chapters When the people of Canaan hear about the destruction of Jericho by the Israelites, it gives them pause and makes them tremble, makes them afraid. Uh, To use the words of the book of Joshua, it makes their hearts melt away as they hear these things happening. So Jericho was a very significant city in the land, and for the people of Israel to conquer this city was no small feat. Again, we've seen the way that the Lord does this in having the people circle the city once a day for six days, seven times the seventh day, shows that the Lord is the one who is doing the conquering. He is present in the Ark of the Covenant, the visible symbol of the Lord and his power. The people see the Ark going with them in their midst. Uh, a visible reminder that God is there, present with him, and is going to war against the city. The Lord uses the people of Israel and they're marching. Some people would say he causes an earthquake to make the walls tremble and fall over, and that's very possible. We don't know exactly how he did this miracle, but the Lord causes the city to collapse and the people of Israel to go in and conquer the people of Jericho at this time when this occurs in verse 22 we see Joshua go to the two unnamed spies who had previously gone out into the land in chapter 2 and he tells them go into the harlot's house go back to Rahab and bring her and all that she has out just as you have sworn to her So Joshua is being faithful to the promise that these two men had made to Rahab back in chapter 2. Verse 23, So the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all she had. They also brought out all her relatives and placed them outside the camp of Israel. Now, I want to point out something here. Starting in verses 22 and 23, what we have is this sort of uh, uh, contrasting picture. On the one hand, we have the destruction, total destruction of the city of Jericho. It's burning. They're conquering it. The Israelites are, are destroying everyone and everything in their path. And on the other hand, We have this picture of safety and protection for Rahab and for her family and everyone that's in that house that is protected by the sign, the scarlet cord uh, placed outside the window. So we see this in verses 22 and 23. They go in, they take Rahab, they protect her, they take her outside. Uh, where the camp is and keep her outside the camp of Israel. Then we have verse 24, the contrast, and they burned the city with fire and all that was in it. Only the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. So, verses 22 and 23, safety and protection. Verse 24, judgment and burning and destruction. Then back into verse 25, However, Rahab the harlot and her father's household and all she had Joshua spared, and she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day, for she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent, Uh, To spy out Jericho. So uh, there's this uh, safety judgment, safety judgment motif here in these verses. And I think it's very intentionally done. We mentioned back in chapter 2 with the scarlet cord, the evoking of our thinking back to um, Exodus chapter 12. And how the Lord was going to pass through Egypt and bring judgment on the firstborn of Egypt. But the Israelites would be protected by the blood of the lamb that uh, was painted on their doorposts and their lintels. And the Lord, when he saw the blood, would not allow the destroyer to enter in uh, to harm the firstborn. So the same sort of motif is happening here in Joshua 6. Although there's judgment and destruction all around, there's safety and protection in those who are protected by the symbol of the scarlet cord, Rahab and her household inside. I think there's a picture here, a wonderful picture of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. We mentioned last time the punishment that our sin incurs is death. And the, the New Testament makes this clear. It's not simply physical death, but death as a motif, death, death as a metaphor for ultimately separation from God, ultimate and final and spiritual, eternal separation from God. And so the judgment that my sin earns for me, deserves, what I deserve is ultimate and eternal separation from God, God's judgment, God's wrath, and the place that the Bible communicates this takes place is in hell and ultimately the lake of fire, eternal conscious punishment and torment for those who reject uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you put your trust In the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven and the punishment that's due to you is taken up by him. It was already taken by the Lord Jesus in his death on the cross. And now it's applied to my life, to your life, in the moment that you believe what the word of God says about him to be true. When you put your trust in Christ, that punishment is applied to him, and his righteousness and salvation is applied to you. So you are protected, uh, even though the judgment of God is still uh, due to the sin that you've committed. Now that judgment passes from you, it's put on Christ, who's already paid the penalty on the cross, and you are protected, you're safe in him. Now, notice here in verse 25, we read, Rahab the harlot and her father's household and all she had, Joshua spared, and she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day. Now, that helps us understand that the writer of the book of Joshua put it all together very quickly after these events took place. We don't know exactly who the author is, but presumably it is someone who lived either during the time of the conquest or right after the time of the conquest, while Rahab was still living in the camp of Israel with the Israelites, this individual was able to write all this up. So this gives us a very early date for the composition of the book of Joshua, sometime during the 14th century, less than 50, 100 years after these events actually took place. And then we have verses 26 and 27 to finish out this chapter. Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. With the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. Joshua is taking the role of a prophet here and prophesying through the word of the Lord what's going to happen in the future he pronounces this curse and this curse is actually enacted later on in the old testament if you look at 1 kings 16 during the time of king ahab the evil northern king a king of the northern kingdom of israel the son of amri in verse uh, 1 Kings 16 and verse 34, we read this. In his days, that's the days of Ahab, Hiel the Bethelite built Jericho. Now listen to what it says here. He laid its foundations with the loss of Abiram, his firstborn, and set up its gates with the loss of his youngest son, Sagub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Now, everyone t- takes uh, understands that Moses did some prophesying during his time. The Lord speaks through him to give prophecies to the people of Israel. But here, in the end of Joshua 6, we see Joshua prophesying about what's going to happen to the individual who will rebuild the city of Jericho. Why is this significant? Why is this important? I think Jericho became a symbol of the Lord giving the land to the people and destroying it and keeping it destroyed symbolized God's power and God's blessing on his people. For the city of Jericho to be rebuilt then was not something that the Lord desired and wanted to uh, prohibit this and did so by this curse that Joshua pronounces. Now, hundreds of years later, when we come to the time of Ahab, the Israelites are not following the Lord, and they don't care about this curse any longer, and so this curse is enacted on this individual who rebuilds the city of Jericho during that time. All of this shows us that the Lord is true to his word. Whether it's a promise fulfilled or a curse enacted, none of the promises of the Lord will ever fail. He's faithful to his promises. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.